Okay, it looks like we had a wonderful turnout, and I was worried. <laughs> so, Lizzie's opening up for overflow, so we can spill into the other room if we need to. But if there are any single places that need to be filled in this room, let, let the folks know. We got two minutes and then we're going to get this show on the road.
We pray for all American citizens, but especially our first responders, health workers, missionaries, and those in our military. Extend your grace to them, Lord. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, now starting with the Pledge to the American Flag, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now the Texas flag. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to the Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible.
Um, it's, you can pay with credit card or check, no cash. Uh, there's free coffee, tea, and water, just ask for it. Also, you can order off the menu, just ask the, the ladies behind the bar for a menu, and you can order off the menu. Um, everybody knows where the restrooms are, up front to the left off the front lobby. And uh, there's also candidate information, and also the beige and red cards has information in where the polling locations are going to be for the March 1st uh, election date. Also information on early voting, the dates and times and location for early voting. So feel free to take those little cards home with you and any of the other candidate material that's on the table. Um, when you came in, hopefully you noticed the, the table over there by the bar. There was uh, index cards. If you would like to ask these candidates questions, write your question on the card, and we will collect those cards at intermission, uh, go through them, and select probably five or six to uh, present to the candidates. Just keep in mind that your question needs to be something that is pertinent to all of the candidates, not directed at one single candidate. Oh. <laughs> we want to give all the candidates an opportunity to inform us of their positions and opinions on, on the various subjects. So keep that in mind when you're writing your, uh, your questions. I also want to recognize our moderator who is Mr. Zach Ezer, who is also my vice chair of the Republican Party. Thank you, Zach. And his lovely assistant, Ms. Deborah Ezel, is helping him. We have Carmela Atwood serving as our timekeeper. She will be holding up the one minute, 30 second, and stop signs. And I think these candidates know the drill by now. So uh, keep that in mind. Already talked about Roger. Our sound manager, thank you very much, Mr. David Stahl, who arranged for all of the microphones, the speakers, and everything else. Finally, Andy Balin from the Fayette County Record is here. He's live streaming this event on the, the Record's Facebook page. He will be posting it on their YouTube also later on. So thank you, Andy, for being here. I appreciate that. And finally, I just noticed our Fayette County Republican Party treasurer snuck in at the last minute. There she is, Ms. Kimberly Rutledge with the great parade. So if you feel compelled to make a free will donation tonight, feel free. Kimberly's in there. Give it to her. We'll appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to turn this over to Zach, our moderator. He's going to read the rules, even though, again, I'm sure these candidates have them memorized. For those of the audience who have not attended one of these forums yet, Zach's going to read the rules. All right. Form rules. Candidates should turn off all electronic devices when seated for questions. Candidates are to focus their responses on their own experience and qualifications for the office they are seeking. Candidates should listen carefully to the questions and answer them completely. 
They may ask the moderator to repeat the question if needed. Candidates should only respond to the questions asked. If they go off topic, moderator will stop them and move to the next candidate. Candidates must not disparage other candidates, and if a candidate makes a disparaging remark about another candidate, they will be removed from the candidate's table for the remainder of the forum. Each candidate must pay attention to timekeeper cards. They will have three minutes for opening remarks in ballot order, one and a half minutes response time per question starting in ballot order, and two minutes for closing remarks. All candidates will be given the opportunity to answer each question. The questions will be repeated for each candidate before their response. Each subsequent, subsequent question will initially be directed to the next candidate in ballot order so that every candidate will eventually have questions directed to them first. Okay. Now we'll start with the opening remarks. William? Good evening. <clears throat> I am William Burnson, and I want to be your next county judge. I'm in my 19th year of marriage to the beautiful and talented Brianne Burnson, and we have six children, ages 4 to 17, who are all born in this county. We have been homeschooling them for 14 years, and we are members of the Saints Peter and Paul Catholic Church in Plum. I'm a descendant of the Helsher family. Um, they settled here in 1851. Our family history is on display at the Helsher House in LaGrange. I am a ninth generation Fayette County citizen. My children are tenth generation, and I want my grandchildren to be born here too. Though I wasn't born here myself, we finally found our way home 18 years ago, and my heritage and roots run deep within the Fayette County soil. I am a founder of Absolute Land Survey, and we are celebrating our 20th year in business this year. Uh, I've surveyed in about a third of Texas's counties and six states. I have listened to thousands of landowners describe their experiences with government to me, and I have surveyed just about everything imaginable on God's green earth. I'm a 1999 graduate of Texas a and University at Corpus Christi with a Bachelor of Science in Land Surveying. I served 18 years on the Academic Advising Committee for the University, and I served 17 years on the State Board Committee, which writes the surveyors' exams. I chaired both committees. I have been involved in local politics for 15 years now, uh, serving as election judge, precinct chair, um, even as convention chair. I am passionate about liberty and government. The overarching purpose of government is to secure liberty. Liberty breeds prosperity. I have been awake and aware for many years now, paying attention, and in that time, I have witnessed an accelerated degradation in society, culture, and government. In 2020, they closed our schools and businesses. They isolated us in our homes. They isolated our loved ones in hospitals and nursing homes. They told us we couldn't assemble for weddings and funerals and church services. Um, now they're trying to segregate us, uh, society into classes based on status and trying to assert authority over our bodies and personal choices. I have been fighting for liberty for years. We deserve orderly, lawful, and efficient government, which is truly the intended purpose of um, the intended purpose of government, which is to defend the rights of the citizens above all else. In August, it occurred to me that 
Perhaps the only way to secure the blessings of liberty and prosperity was to run for local office. So here I am. I believe we can save our country one local election at a time. I ask for your support and your vote in the upcoming primary. Thanks and God bless. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, I am seeking the office of Fayette County Judge. I was born and raised here in Fayette County. When I was 21, I went to work for KBLG KBUK Radio in LaGrange. I've been there for 45 years. I want to recognize my good friend, Professor Mike Wallace, who was at the radio station back in those days. Uh, in 07, I had an opportunity to purchase the radio station with my partner. Both he and I are both Fayette County natives. We uh, obtained the radio station in 07. And for the first time in some 35 years, we had local ownership of that radio station. In the early 70s, it was sold to some people from California, and then later to some folks from Houston, and they operated that radio station in Houston and California ways. And when we obtained that station, we kept it local. Our employees are all local, so any monies made at that radio station stays here in Fayette County. I have served as Justice of the Peace since first being elected in 1994. I had just returned from a Justice of the Peace conference, a 30-hour school, which was my 38th school that, uh, that I attended. It's a mandatory school to keep up with the changing laws from the legislatures and such. And I do want to recognize my colleague who serves as Justice of the Peace here in Precinct 1, Kyle Hartman. Uh, the Justice of the Peace a position uh, is a position that's not eight to five, it's seven days a week, 365 days a year. And I have served in that capacity, as I say, for 28 years. I handled Class C misdemeanors, which uh, most of Precinct 3, uh, Precinct 4, some of Precinct 3 lies with Interstate 10, but the majority of it is in my precinct, which is Schulenburg, uh, Flatonia, uh, Schulenburg, uh, Swizzout, Ammonsville, Holman, Dubina, St. John, Freiburg, and, uh, and High Hill. I am seeking this office because I'm familiar with county government. I'm familiar with how the government of Fayette County has run in the past, and I would be honored to be your next county judge. Great. I'm Craig Moreau. My wife Jamie and my daughter Reagan are in the crowd tonight. Uh, Jamie and I have been married for 20 years. Uh, we have three daughters. Our daughters are all named after uh, presidents. We have Reagan, Madison, and Lincoln, and all after Republican presidents, if you will uh, notice. Uh, when we were expecting Reagan, uh, Jamie and I uh, moved to Fayette County. Uh, we wanted to raise our children in the most idyllic and most perfect environment we possibly could. And we spent an exhaustive search uh, figuring out where we were gonna plant our roots and, and make our forever home. Uh, we moved here, got settled in, and a couple of years later, we had our first son, uh, who unfortunately did not survive uh, past the hospital. And at that time, Fayette County wrapped their hands around us, their arms around us. Uh, people that we did not even know uh, would 
pay our electric bill. We go to pay it, and it was it was taken care of. Uh, the the cards that came in, the the things that people did for us was amazing, and it validated our decision to move here and let us know what kind of uh, place that we were. Uh, moving to. Uh, one day uh, we will be buried uh, next to him uh, and we will uh, be glad to be so. Uh, I was raised in a law enforcement household. Uh, my dad, my grandfather, my great-grandfather were all law enforcement officers. Uh, my uncles were all law enforcement officers and uh, I was the black sheep who went to the fire department. Uh, spent two decades as a uh, Houston firefighter, uh, raising to the rank of senior captain. Uh, I am almost retired from Houston. I expect to do that uh, fairly shortly, almost exactly coinciding with the time uh, that I swear in as a Bay County judge, God willing, and that's a pretty good thing. Uh, I was a youth minister prior to being in the fire department, uh, and like most firefighters, uh, I had to have second jobs going throughout my career. Uh, as Ask any first responder, it is very, very hard to pay the bills with just a first responder salary. Uh, law enforcement officers, firemen, and paramedics all work second and third jobs. Uh, my jobs involve working in the medical field. I was a study coordinator for phase one, phase two, phase three trials on a crisis response team, and I work for both small, medium, and massive international companies. In fact, one of the 40th largest companies in the world. In 2019, I was hired by County Judge Joe Weber. Uh, Joe Weber was looking for an emergency management chief for this county, and uh, although I didn't know him, you do not pass up an opportunity to learn from a three-star general. Uh, working for him has been an absolute honor, uh, and, and learning how he does and how he cares for people, both in large issues and small, has been truly amazing. Um, my philosophy for the county judge position uh, involves small government, uh, reducing our tax burden is vital. Uh, our, our businesses and our residents both benefit from a reduced tax burden. It brings businesses in that will provide honorable jobs and every Fayette County resident who currently owns a home should not have to be let out of their home because of the tax burden. Thank you. Thank you, Kayla. That's a great job. All right, you, you might notice that we're kind of missing a candidate here. Unfortunately, um, I got an email from Lori Berger this morning uh, letting me know that she had been not feeling really good for the last several days. Um, instead of taking a chance and coming here and exposing anybody to whatever crud that she might have, she made a decision that she would not attend the forum tonight. She did send me um, a statement that I agreed to, to read uh, in lieu of her opening statement. So I'm going to do that. Here goes. Message from Lori Berger, candidate for Fayette County Judge. I want to apologize for not being able to attend tonight's forum. I've been sick for several days. In consideration of others, I felt it would be best to not attend. I understand how important it is to choose the right person to represent you as your Fayette County Judge. I am a Fayette County native, native, having grown up here and attended Fayette County schools. I rely on my experience of being a Flatonia City Council member as mayor of Flatonia, serving on various state of Texas boards, and most recently serving on the LCRA Board of Directors representing Fayette County for the last 12 years. These positions have taught me the importance of being a good listener, being proactive, not reactive. I'm not a politician. I won't make promises I can't keep. I'm a small business owner and know the importance of making payroll and operating within a budget. 
I will work with the leaders in every division of our county to create more jobs to keep young people in our county. I'll work to keep our taxes low by attracting the right businesses and industries for our county. My experience working with various state agencies and the LCRA has given me the knowledge and connections to secure grants to help maintain our critical services such as EMS, fire department, and health care. I will devote my time and efforts to making Fayette County the best place to live in Texas. Above all, I, will be, I want to be a leader for all of Fayette County. I invite anyone to contact me with any questions you may have about my campaign. You can find me on Facebook at Lori Berger for Fayette County Judge or email uh, berger.lori at ymail.com. Thank you for your time. I would appreciate your vote. Lori Berger. All right, candidates. First question, William. Business growth in Fayette County is desirable and inevitable. However, preserving the natural beauty of our county is equally important. How could the county encourage or zone for growth that is in keeping with the county's heritage and current lifestyle, especially along our major thoroughfares? Well, quite frankly, the county does not have any zoning authority reading the statutes, there are certain circumstances where the county does have some authority for zoning, but none of those circumstances apply in Fayette County. And so um, most of those businesses, and, and along the highways, most businesses are going to want to congregate near the cities and within the city's ETJ. And of course, the cities have zoning authority. And so um, they, you know, the businesses want to be near the cities where they can get the utility connections and so it really falls within the jurisdiction of the city and it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for the county judge to interfere with the decision making of the city, uh, cities as well. Um, there's little things that the county can do like keep the roads clean, the, the right of ways mowed, keep the roads clean, make sure the signs look nice, but quite frankly there's not really a lot that the uh, county has authority to do. Thank you. Thank you. Dan? Question one, business growth in Fayette County is desirable and inevitable. However, preserving the natural beauty of our county is equally important. How could the county encourage or zone for growth that is in keeping with the county's heritage and current lifestyle, especially along our major major thoroughfares? Sure. Uh, we, we all know that Fayette County is a beautiful place to live. That's why we live here. How do you keep it beautiful? Well, just common sense. Uh, Years ago, the county adopted something called the Adopt a Highway, where the residents in the area would make sure the bar ditches were clean and such. Uh, that seems to have worked. Uh, the best way, as I see it, is to uh, have sound, good, common sense restrictions on the people that do move here, so that as our as they move here, we have restrictions so that it doesn't downplay our value of our property to make sure that the property is kept clean. We have those restrictions. Clint Sternoddle serves as the individual for the county uh, that oversees those restrictions and goes to the commissioner's court to make sure that everybody abides by that res those restrictions. So I would say common sense, keeping our county clean and beautiful. Thank you. Craig, question one. Business growth in Fayette County is desirable and inevitable. However, 
preserving the natural beauty of our county is equally important. How could the county encourage or zone for growth that is in keeping with the county's heritage and current lifestyle, especially along our major thoroughfares? Thank you, Zach. The, the questions are important. And the question is, encourage or zone? Uh, and encouraging, I think, is the key to this. And this is a common theme you'll see throughout my campaign. It is much better to teach someone and educate someone how to do something well versus forcing them to do so. Uh, we can look at some examples of where this has been done well. We encouraged uh, the revitalization of our Texas Heroes Museum, which is uh, in the old county jail. Uh, we have a representative from the Texas Heroes Museum here today. And it attracted businesses that, that went to the area and brought more business. Uh, if you look at the town of Round Top, they've got an ordinance that anything in the in the city has to look like it's, it was very old, or it actually has to be very old. It's been a way to keep a, you know McDonald's from popping up in the middle of Round Top, and I think that's a very encouraging thing to do. Uh, you know, that is a city problem and not necessarily a county problem when it comes to making those rules. But encouraging them, showing them the benefits uh, to do so is, is vital. As far as uh, along our thoroughfares, you know, I don't think we necessarily need big, flashing, nasty, crazy billboards everywhere. There are a little bit of restrictions we can do with that. That's more of a text dot problem. Uh, but keeping our county clean is our problem, and, uh, and we should address it wholeheartedly. Thank you. Dan, question two. What should be the number one priority at every level of government? The number one uh, priority for everyone across the county. Uh, the question is, what should be the number one priority at every level of government? Well, I would say protecting the people as best we can. Emergency services, the sheriff's department services, county government, keeping people safe and keeping the tax dollar as low as we can. Uh, Everybody wants low taxes, not just here in Fayette County, but across the board. Everywhere in America, people want low taxes. Uh, Will Rogers said, uh, it's a, America is a great place to live, but you don't get here, uh, you don't get here by living for, what did Will Rogers say? <laughs> he, said, he said, it's a great country, but you don't get to live in it for nothing. That's what Will Rogers said. So I would say that keeping the tax dollar low and keep providing the services uh, for the safety of Fayette County citizens. Thank you. Craig, question number two. What should be the number one priority at every level of government? Selflessness. Putting yourself last and putting the citizens first. I don't care if you're talking about a school board, which I happen to think is the most important position in this uh, country, or the President of the United States. Putting yourself second, having an altruistic approach to what's going on is, is vital. Uh, if you get that right, everything else comes naturally. Uh, we have got a, a society that, that puts uh, people ahead of their neighbors oftentimes. Thankfully, in Fayette County, that is not the case. Uh, but I think on the national level and uh, on the state level somewhat, that is the case. So when you look for a candidate and look for levels of government and doing things right, look for who is the most selfless in their approach to everything they do. Thank you. William, question number two. What should be the number one priority at every level of government? Um, well, the overarching purpose of government is to secure the rights and liberties of the citizens. So that must at all times be first on every government official's minds at all times. 
um, as county judge, uh, well, and at all levels, I guess, it, it's incumbent upon the people in government to make sure that everything the government does is lawful and orderly and in accord with law. Um, I, you know, what is it, the nine most terrifying words in the English language? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Um, <laughs> generally, it's best if the government stays out of our business and limits its scope to those things that are properly within the realm of government and doesn't try to overreach or do more than it should. Of course, they need to be good stewards of the citizens' resources. Um, and, and, but again, the most, the single most important thing is making sure that the rights and liberties of the citizens are protected. Thank you. Thank you. Greg, question number three. It's been almost five years since Hurricane Harvey. There are still condemned, vacant, vandalized homes in the Frischoff area. Why is Fayette County still waiting for recovery funding from the Texas General Land Office? As county judge, what might you do to resolve this issue? I've responded to Hurricane Ike, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Harvey, uh, multiple floods. I've got extensive training in hazard recovery uh, and in dealing with FEMA and the GLO and everything else. And let me just tell you very clearly, they don't do things well. Uh, the Country Club Drive is, is abomination and it should not have happened. Uh, if that happened again today and I was the county judge, the last place I would go to first would be the federal government. The first place I would go would be to our citizens and to our community and to our uh, volunteer organizations to take care of that problem here locally. And if that could not happen, then, then I would look maybe to local government and if necessary, state government. But we have seen the ineptitude that comes from the General Land Office, uh, from HUD, uh, from FEMA, and dealing with these kinds of things. I guarantee you if that happened again today, uh, we could bring our citizens together and have those houses taken care of, have a green space that we could enjoy, a place that we go with our kids and maybe listen to some live music. Uh, it would not be the abomination that it is today. My, my philosophy is always community first. Community can take care of things better than the government ever can. If, uh, if the community just absolutely does not have the resources, then we'll pull together some uh, government resources, but starting on the local and then the state and then the federal level, if there's absolutely no other choice, uh, but they do not do a good job and I would not do that again today. Thank you. Thank you. William, question number three. It's been almost five years since Hurricane Harvey. There are still condemned, vacant, vandalized homes in the Frischoff area. Why is Fayette County still waiting for recovery funding from the Texas General Land Office? As county judge, what might you do to resolve this issue? Well, the, the first problem here, the first mistake that, um, that was made was that the government tried to get into the real estate business. I don't believe they should have been trying to purchase the real estate and turn it into green space. And then the, the next uh, mistake they made was applying for federal grants. And I'm, I'm not quite sure you know, what people expected to happen. Generally speaking, the government doesn't do things well. And so if you're gonna involve those levels of revenue, you're just gonna to have to deal with the red tape and the bureaucracy. I think if the government had stayed out of it, I think those homes, most of them would have been cleaned up. Some of them would have been lived in again. Some of them would have rebuilt. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of overreach and pressure by the government initially, and they weren't, you know, initially they were very helpful, but then they were, very unfriendly to the landowners, actually threatening arrests and daily fines if they went on the property. And that's just terrible. Um, they, they involve, uh, the GLO is not used to being a funding source, and so they had to enlist the help of CAPCOV, and that involved another layer of government. 
And so, and then of course, um, with all the shutdowns of 2020, that complicated things more, but it, it seems to have done better under the new administration, and I'm hopeful that they will finally get that matter cleared up and that those folks will be allowed to continue um, and get their funds, recoup their equity, and go on about their lives. Thank you. Thank you. And question number three. It's been almost five years since Hurricane Harvey. There are still condemned, vacant, vandalized homes in the Frishaw area. Why is Fayette County still waiting for recovery funding from the Texas General Land Office? As county judge, what might you do to resolve this issue? Yeah, this has been a real tragedy. Uh, in fact, I know some folks here tonight who are victims, and I say victims about that. For those of you not familiar, not only were the owners of these homes prohibited from going back to the homes, they were prohibited from working, hiring Fayette uh, Electric, hiring uh, the water company to come work on the homes. So it's a real tragedy what happened there. And it's a good example of how government sometimes does not work. Uh, I would not call on the federal government to help out here because as Mr. Moreau and Mr. Burns have said, they turned out to be more of a problem than a solution to the problem. So. Uh, it's best to keep, uh, what I personally would have done is I would have called a group of uh, 12 or 15 individuals that I admire their, uh, their intellect, and I would have sat down and formed some kind of a committee to figure the proper way to resolve this because we hit this problem about 12 years ago, the same thing happened. This one has dragged on even longer. Thank you. William, question four. In 2019, voters of Fayette County defeated by 80 to 20 percent of the vote a proposed hospital tax district. In hindsight, do you believe that tax was needed? Also, was it fair to attempt to burden only Fayette County taxpayers when many residents of Lee County also use St. Mark's Hospital? Well, I, I was opposed to that tax. Um, I'm, I call for the elimination of the property tax as one of the most offensive forms of taxation there is, and, and um, I'm just very opposed to any increases in that in general. Um, I, I believe that the, the hospital has operated and should be able to operate um, without that tax, and if, if it's a matter of funding, I'd like to see the funding come from private charity. Government welfare is not charity. Charity requires free will. I love the hospital. I gladly donate to the hospital, but I'm not willing to support a tax for that purpose. I did notice uh, when reading those statutes that the county actually has the authority to set up a hospital authority, and they could actually run the hospital and operate the hospital and issue revenue bonds to pay for the hospital from the revenues. And none of those things require um, uh, taxation. And a lot of people like to talk about privatization. Well, certain things ought not be privatized. And certainly the kinds of things that we depend on most, like water services, uh, sewage disposal, and maybe hospitals are better not handled by the private sector. Maybe if the government were more involved there, Perhaps that could be a resolution. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, question number four. In 2019, the voters of Fayette County defeated by 80 to 20 percent of the vote a proposed hospital tax district. In hindsight, do you believe that tax was needed? Also, was it fair to attempt to burden only Fayette County taxpayers when many residents of Lee County also use St. Mark's Hospital? 
Well, uh, I want to clarify. I think you said 80 to 20. I think the exact figure was 81% to 19%. So it was clear that Fayette County voters were opposed to this tax for the hospital. The hospital is a big plus for the range, but obviously the taxpayer said no. So the public has spoken on the issue. Uh, I would like to see some sort of a way to help St. Mark's, but uh, t taxing the people of Fayette County who are already taxed uh, so much, uh, I would not attempt to uh, uh, have some sort of a tax passed to keep the hospital afloat. Thank you. Great. Question number four. In 2019, the voters of Fayette County defeated by 80 to 20 percent of the vote a proposed hospital tax district. In hindsight, do you believe that tax was needed? Also, was it fair to attempt to burden only Fayette County taxpayers when many residents of Lee County also use St. Mark's Hospital? Uh, quickly and simply, no. I don't think that tax was needed. I don't think it was a good thing. And if you think that having the government have a hospital district and running your health care is a good idea, find a veteran and ask them what their experience has been with the government running their personal health care. I mean, we, that's how we treat our veterans. How do you think we're going to treat the rest? The government should not be running our health care in any form, in any fashion. However, the free market should be. Uh, Fayette County has a six, you are six times more likely in Fayette County to die of a vascular event than you are from places that have high level health care for strokes and heart attacks. You're three times more likely to die here from a cancer event than you are from places that have high level care for, for cancer care. Our median age is 17 years higher than it is in the average of Texas, and we have one of the highest per capita net worths in the state. If that's not a formula for running a hospital that it provides all of our services well, I don't know what is. We have to do better with our hospital. Our hospital does a great thing, and I'm really glad that it's here, but we can do more, and we can offer more services. Those services may be within St. Mark's, or they may be without St. Mark's. There's some models to do it. Uh, I've discussed previously with you that research may be one of those models, but the people in this county need to be able to find high-level health care in this county, and the market will provide it if we do it right. And the government should not be running our health care ever. Thank you. Dan, question number five. It's encouraging that se several relatively young citizens have been elected or appointed to county position within the past few years. If elected, how do you encourage more young adults to get involved in their local government? Well, uh, that's a great question. I mean, uh, we all know that the uh, young people are our future. So, yes, uh, seeking elected office is important. In fact, uh, during this campaign, I've run into a young lady from the Flatonia area who said that uh, she's excited about this and she intends to get involved and run for the school board the next time around. So, yeah, it's great to get young people involved. It's great to get young people not only involved in local politics, but in all aspects of life. Uh, we need to uh, get these young people some career-oriented uh, education possibilities. Uh, possibly something like at Blinn College in Schulenburg, where perhaps we could have some training uh, uh, courses taken there. So yes, I encourage the young people to become involved in local races, and uh, it's, for their, it's for their own good. Thank you. Craig, question number five. It's encouraging that several relatively young citizens have been elected or appointed to county positions within the past few years. If elected, how would you encourage more young adults to get involved in their local government? 
Uh, I don't have to wait till I get elected for that. I've already done it. Uh, the week before last, I had a forum with young voters at Latte on the Square, and I invited people from the age of 16 to 22 to come tell me what was important to them and encourage them to get involved. Uh, we helped several of them get registered to vote, and we did encourage one of them to potentially sign up uh, to run for a local office. Uh, so we targeted 16 to 22. We wound up having 14 to 27 show up. And uh, let me tell you, if y'all don't listen to anything else I have to say tonight, our future is excellent because of the Fayette County youth. Our youth are dynamic. The questions they had were amazing. The things that they were bringing to the table were things that I would have never imagined. Uh, the first complaint was about the curfew. They were sad that we have a curfew, and I thought because they want to go out and party. They said, no, I'm trying to save up money for college, and I babysit, and I need money uh, to go to college, and the curfew gets in the way of it. Uh, the second one said they had gone to city council meetings because they're a small business owner. Uh, they own a small food truck, and for the same reason, they're trying to save money for college. These kids are amazing, and they're going to make our county great if we provide them a way to both live and work in Fayette County. Uh, that's a challenge. I've got some process to do that. Go on my website and I'll tell you what some of those are. I don't have time in this short session. Uh, but if our kids are able to stay in this county and live and work here, uh, this county will thrive for generations to come. Thank you. William, question number five. It's encouraging that several relatively young citizens have been elected or appointed to county positions within the, within the past few years. If elected, how would you encourage more young adults to get involved in their local government? Well, I um, would say it's very encouraging that more are getting involved, and I think with all the things going on in the world right now, it's for good reason. I think a lot of them are waking up and realize that what's going on matters, and they better get involved. Um, you know, I've been in youth in this county for a long time. I've been here, I started participating in politics when I was probably around 26, 27. I was always the youngest person in the room, and often by 30 years or so, younger than the youngest person in the room younger than the average age and I would say that in order to get their attention you're gonna to have to talk about things that matter to them and and you're gonna to have to go out of your way to include them and to get them to participate you know Fayette County is actually shrinking I don't know if y'all are aware but we actually lost citizens in the last census um, so that was the first time in 50 years that our county actually shrunk and the average age of the citizen in this county is like 47 years and so I'm not sure, you know, there's a lot of youth that are not here. You know, not, not only, it's not just that outsiders are coming in, but there, there's actually more people leaving this county, apparently. And I think if you want to get, see more people and youth involved in local government, you're going to need more youth in your county. So I suggest that we all work really hard to make sure that our citizens can stay here in Fayette County. Our, our children can stay here in Fayette County. Thank you. Thank you. Greg, question number six. What role could the county judge play in getting businesses with good paying jobs to move to Fayette, move into Fayette County so that young adults and families can move here or stay here? Uh, well, the first thing we can do is the thing that's on my billboards and on my signs, keep taxes low. Uh, without a low tax rate, we're not gonna attract businesses like we, like we should. Uh, that Fayette County has a .46 per $100 valuation right now. Uh, that puts us lower than 73% of the counties in Texas, uh, but we can do better. Uh, the best county in Texas has a 13 cents compared to our 46 cents. Uh, and one of the ways we can consider doing that is by supplanting some of our taxes that are now of the burden of landowners with value added or, uh, or sales taxes. 
Uh, Fayette County has a sales tax. We've had a sales tax since 1988. Uh, currently, our uh, taxes are about 75% paid by property taxes and about 25% paid by sales taxes. Uh, I think that trend needs to slowly, incrementally change. Um, no one should ever be taxed out of their homes, and that's something that citizens are worried about. As these values go up and up and up and up, many citizens are paying higher property tax values than their original mortgage. Uh, the the county judge can also do informal things, such as talk to business owners. I talked to a gentleman this week who is considering moving his $151 million business to Fayette County if he can find enough workers to do it. Uh, but we have to have workers. We have to provide the things that are needed. That's housing, that's training, and that's child care. And uh, if we do those things, we will be able to, to bring businesses to this county, businesses that have jobs that people can be proud of and have honorable employment. Thank you. William, question number six. What role could the county judge play in getting businesses with good paying jobs to move into Fayette County so that young adults and families can move here or stay here? Well, liberty matters to business too. And, and one of the things that the county judge can do is encourage less regulation and a more friendly atmosphere. Uh, businesses, in order for businesses to move here, they're gonna need to see that the rules are uh, clearly laid out um, applied equitably to all people. There has to be stability. The businesses and the capital investment won't come if they're not welcomed and if, if the rules are not equal and if, and um, at any rate, the, uh, so less regulation, less red tape, it got to be encouraging. I think we should encourage more entrepreneurship locally. We should train our children to start businesses. We should encourage that sort of thing. We should, um, you know, there's not really a lot that the county can do, but advocacy is always a thing. So um, I certainly have opinions about such things, and I can't wait to talk to business leaders in the community and find out ways to go about it. Um, but you always start with liberty and making sure that the, the businesses have the right to conduct affairs as they see fit and without undue burdens and taxes and regulations. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, question number six. What role could the county judge play in getting businesses with good paying jobs to move into Fayette County so that young adults and families can move here or stay here? Well, jobs and good paying jobs, that's the key. And that's what, that's what I think we need most. And what the county uh, judge's position could do is to visit with the cities, Schulenburg, Flatonia, Fayetteville, go down the line and encourage businesses to come here. And we need higher paying jobs, especially on the south end of the county, uh, where the jobs are limited and the pay is limited. But definitely we need to grow as a county and the best way to do that is bring in jobs, good paying jobs that, uh, that we can all be proud of. Thank you. William, question number seven. Do you believe that Fayette County should encourage entrepreneurs to open small businesses here? If so, how could the county make it easier for them? Um, obviously, that I would encourage such a thing. The, the world is, the economy's run on the backs of small business, and every time a business pops up, somebody gets a job and a service is provided, and you really need to get the children started early in, a, in, those, in, those, uh, in that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, education and giving the education they need to do those types of things. Um, what, what was the question again? Do you believe? Do you believe Fayette County should encourage entrepreneurs to open small businesses here? 
If so, how can the how could the county make it easier for them? Uh, again, with the red tape, um, I, I don't think that there's a lot of restrictions on business, in particular in the county. You're going to have more issues with that in the city and within ETJ. Um, so once again, the, the key thing is to make sure that everybody has uh, equal rights and that that um, there's not undue burdens and that the red tape is limited. Thank you. Dan, question number seven. Do you believe that Fayette County should encourage entrepreneurs to open small businesses here? If so, how could the county make it easier for them? Well, I would say that more, more be aligned to ask somebody from the city that question, but you know, if I was talking to a young person about being an entrepreneur and opening a business, I'd make sure that the business can make it. Uh, we don't need uh, failed businesses. We see it all the time. So I'm not going to sit here as kind of a judge and say I'm going to walk drive all over the county and tell people to get into business. I would say use common sense. If they can feel they can open up a business that be, can be productive and they can make it successful, that's fine. But uh, beating the halls down to get people to open businesses up, I don't know if that's so smart. Thank you. Craig, question number seven. Do you believe the Fayette County should encourage entrepreneurs to open small businesses here? If so, how could the county make it easier for them? Uh, I think that is so smart. Uh, in fact, 90% uh, of the jobs in this country come from small businesses. Uh, we look at the home runs of having Tesla or some big place come in. That's really not where most of the jobs in this, in this country or this county come from. They come from small businesses. Uh, you guys also all know that I'm a data guy. You've heard me talk about the in incredibly fine detailed data for COVID and for the ice storm and for different things, providing that data to the businesses and help them understand where the markets are uh, would help tremendously. And we have to address the three things that are keeping business from thriving here. Uh, you've heard me say this over and over, they're housing, childcare, and specialized training. Uh, Fayette County uh, on the west side is termed a childcare desert. That means six times more people need places to have their kids for childcare than there are rooms or beds available. Uh, the housing issue, I've got some ideas for that as well. Uh, and I don't mean Section 8 or, or affordable housing. I mean housing that, that someone who is working hard, uh, one or two family income can afford. And uh, we have to pursue those. And the third thing is provide specialized training. Uh, these businesses here are going to open up and they're going to need people who can do the job and have uh, specialized training to do so. Uh, I'm the chair of the Workforce Coalition for Fayette County. Uh, we provide the, that specialized training uh, to people every day. Uh, that's not the only organization that does so, uh, but we have to listen to businesses and hear what their needs are and provide them uh, jobs to do that. Some of that training can start as early as high school. Some of that will be after high school. Thank you. Dan? Question number eight. All of you have pledged to keep taxes low. How do you plan to do this with the continued growth and need for expanded services in Fayette County? Well, yeah, we all want a, want a low tax base, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the best way we can do that is uh, keep spending as low as we can. We've been blessed here in Fayette County by leaders in the past who are fiscal conservatives. And that's what we are here in this county. We're fiscal conservatives. So we need to not spend money. We don't need to have any uh, big city bureaucracy here in the county. We need to operate the county in a sensible, sound, common sense fashion. Spending money 
as uh, conservatively as we can. So I would say the best way to keep taxes low or get taxes low is to not spend money on the county, in the county. Thank you. Craig, question number eight. All of you have pledged to keep taxes low. How do you plan to do this with the continued growth and need for expanded services in Fayette County? I'm so glad you asked this question. I was hoping to be able to speak more about taxes. Uh, Fayette County has a $26 million annual budget. Uh, a lot of that is done by grants and, and having more grants is, is a partial solution to that, but uh, they all come with strings as we've seen with Country Club Drive. Uh, the, the best way to reduce the tax burden for Fayette County residents is to start supplanting that property tax with a consumption or a sales tax. Uh, everyone who owns property in Fayette County pays property tax, but a whole lot of the sales tax is paid for people who come into Fayette County to spend money. How great would it be if our tax burden could be paid for the people that are coming into this county? We encourage tourism, we encourage people to come and shop here, and we collect all the sales tax that we're owed. Uh, I love the antique fair. I live on 237. It's a great thing. And the vast majority of those vendors over there are collecting the sales tax they're supposed to. But some are not. We'll work with the state comptroller to bring some of that money in. Uh, like I said, about a quarter of our sales, of our total tax income right now uh, comes from sales tax. I would like to see that move to about 50%. It would reduce the burden on our, on our taxpayers and bring in more revenue, more business that can expand these services. Uh, expanding services is important, uh, but the way to do that is keep the tax rate low, which brings in more, more business and more revenue in the end. Thank you. Thank you. William, question number eight. All of you have pledged to keep taxes low. How do you plan to do this with the continued growth and need for expanded services in Bay County? Well, the most important thing is just to spend that tax money wisely. We were fortunate to have a commissioner's court that seems to really be pretty hard on budget increases, and I'm thankful for that. You know, you can't just raise taxes and spend on every good idea that comes along. There's many good ideas out there, but not all of them uh, can or should be funded with taxpayer dollars. As I noted before, the county is not growing, it's actually shrinking. So if one way to help with that tax burden would be to make sure that there's more taxpayers staying in our county. If there were more people paying the tax, our share of the tax would go down. Um, grants, um, grant funding, a lot of people like grant funding, um, and commissioners like, I guess, because it, they get spending without increased tax burden. But the more that the county becomes dependent on grant funding, the more they become, uh, are controlled by those entities um, that issue those grants. So with every grant comes strings, and pretty soon you become dependent on those grants, and the next thing you know, they control what you do locally, because if they don't like what you're doing, they just withdraw the grant funding. And so I would stay away from that, generally speaking, as much as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Craig, question number nine. In your opinion, are there sufficient services for veterans in Fayette County? If not, what services would you like to see created or expanded? Well, I'd like to see them have a doctor that they can go to all the time. You know, I talked to a gentleman in this room just a few minutes ago about what it's like to try to go to the VA here. And there's not a full-time doctor that they can see all the time. We need that. That's an absolute must. Uh, we do have a veteran services officer in this county who does a, a really good job, but it's a part-time position that, that needs more support. Uh, we need some more support from, from our veterans organizations, and it needs more support from guys like me who didn't serve but are really, really honored by those who did. 
uh, to help navigate all these services. If you look at all the services that are provided to veterans, it is a laundry list, but trying to find those and get to those is very, very difficult. Uh, I would help navigate, help find those services, encourage a full-time physician in this county that serves our veterans. Uh, and on day one, like I've said before, I would have a veterans uh, parking spot at every county office that they can earn. I don't care if they're a marathon runner, they've served our country and they deserve some recognition. That's a small token of what we can do. Thank you. William, question number nine. In your opinion, are there sufficient services for veterans in Fayette County? If not, what services would you like to see created or expanded? Well, I, I am not a veteran and I'm not in uh, need of better, those services. Um, my dad was chief warrant officer and he was a veteran and so I have an appreciation for veterans and I have to do everything that I can to give service. I spoke to the head of that department at length, and I know it's a full-time position, and he says that the county has provided him with the tools that he needs, and he's increased his certifications and his accreditation so he can do more for the veterans. Um, he says that at this time, he doesn't believe the service needs to be more than part-time, um, and, and so far he has all the tools that he needs. Um, there are many veterans organizations in the counties that provide a lot of services for the veterans. And, um, and the, liaison, the VSO, the Veteran Service Officer uh, Service Liaison with any of those, uh, many of those organizations. Um, you know, the, the, the funding that the county provides for that purpose is related to the administration of the Veteran Service Officer. And he basically just provides help and help, uh, helps file benefits claims and provide information for the veterans. I'm not sure what else needs to be done, but I'm quite certain that if more is needed, then I will hear about that and discuss it, guys. And we, I will do whatever I can to help the veterans in any way that I can. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, question number nine. In your opinion, are there sufficient services for veterans in Fayette County? If not, what services would you like to see created or expanded? Well, the veteran, we can all relate to our tribute and our patriotism toward the veterans. I'm proud to say that in 09, I was uh, recognized by the American Legion and VFW in Schulenburg with the Appreciation Award. Uh, we, we do have a veteran service officer here in the county, and it is unique to have one. In other words, I think the next county that has a veteran service officer, I stand to be corrected on this, I think it may be Rosenberg. So we do honor our veterans here in Fayette County. I've, I've said this a couple of times and I stand by it, that we all know that the Vietnam veterans across the country um, sometimes were not respected. But that didn't happen in Fayette County, I assure you. Fayette County has long had a tradition of honoring, supporting our veterans, and if I'm county judge, we're going to continue to support our veterans. Thank you. William, question number 10. Some high school students have complained that there is nothing to do in Fayette County. <laughs> Beyond existing organized school and community activities, what others, such, such as social clubs, nonprofits, and for-profit, do you think would be beneficial for families and our youth? What would be the return on investment our county? Uh, well, I, I would say there is really, there's a lot 
of activities available to the youth in our county. Um, you know, we're homeschoolers, and you know, there's never a dull moment in our in our house, so they, they can almost always find something to do. But um, you know, they're they're involved with square dancing. Um, they there's a great jujitsu studio over here. Uh, 4-H, the Optimist Soccer and Basketball. Um, there's the fair. We have the Arts for Rural Texas. It's an arts program. Um, there's all these church, uh, there's many youth groups, missions with the church. Um, programs at the hospital, there was a virtual reality program. Um, lots of local events, church picnics. Picnics. There's lots of things for the youth to do, in my opinion, and there can always be more. But more importantly, we need more stuff for the young adults to do. It's the children when they when they grow up and they and they come of age and they just move out of the house. We don't want them leaving the county, and it's those are the ones that are complaining the most. They need they need I don't want to say bars, but they need clubs and dance halls and game rooms and restaurants and all the kinds of things you know that they have to drive the bus drop for. Um, so when you know, how, where are they going to find their spouses? Are they going to find them? I don't know. I guess the church is a good place to do that. But we need more activities for the young adults to help keep them here, um, and along with their jobs, better jobs, higher paying jobs. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Question number ten: Some high school students have complained that there is nothing to do in Fayette County beyond existing organized school and community activities, what others, such as social clubs, nonprofit, and for-profit, do you think would be beneficial for the for families and our youth? What would be the return on investment to our county? Well, I don't, uh, I don't believe the county should be involved in that. I don't think tax dollars should be involved in that, but I would probably, uh, here again, form a committee of about 10, 12, 15 people and uh, discuss the options out there where people could uh, find some activities for these young people to do. Uh, when I was growing up, Daryl Unheiser over there, we didn't have much to do, but we survived. I certainly don't think the county should be involved in uh, building anything for these young people, but there is a need to find something for them to do. I agree with that, and perhaps we could get a committee together to. Uh, to work on that. Thank you. Craig, question number 10. Some high school students have complained there is nothing to do in Bay County. Beyond existing organized school and community activities, what others, such as social clubs, nonprofit, and for-profit, do you think would be beneficial for the families and our youth? What would be the return on investment to our county? Uh, well, again, I don't have to wonder. Uh, I met with these kids, and they told me that there is nothing to do. Uh, they are the subject matter experts in themselves, uh, believe it or not. And uh, what they told me is, hey, we really need a place to vibe. Uh, that was an adjective that I wasn't familiar with. I didn't think I was quite that old, but apparently I am. Uh, and so we talked about what are the good ideas, what can we do. Uh, the county is about to own, whether we like it or not, some green space right by the river. Uh, we could mow down some of that place over there, make a green space where people can come in. Uh, that young lady who owns a food truck can bring it down there. We can listen to some music and have a place that you can hang out and, and, and enjoy each other. Uh, up river a little while, so we've got another park. Uh, there's a, a way we could potentially bring in some kayaks and rent some kayaks, spend some time on the river. That's something that, that young people uh, from, from very young to old, older can, can enjoy and, uh, and should do so. 
Uh, this county has always enjoyed our, our youth with our adults. Uh, the Save the Texas Dance Hall Commission is something I think you guys should all look into uh, a lot. And I think our historic <coughs> dance halls in this county need to be revitalized. And we need to be going and enjoying our, our teenagers, our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, all of our people together. It is really cool to see an 8-year-old hanging out with his great-grandma at these uh, events. Uh, there's a lot we can do. Uh, we need to do more, and we need to listen to our young young folks uh, so they have something to do, and they're not getting bored and tearing up the golf course with a four-wheel drive vehicle. Give them some options. Let's do things right. Thank you. Okay, great job, candidates. That concludes our prepared questions. Um, hopefully... The audience is going to come up with some questions. Uh, there was index cards on the table when you came in. If you have written your question for the candidates, hold it up and we're going to come around and collect them. Uh, we're going to take about um, probably about 10 minute break and collect the, the uh, questions and review them and then we'll gather back up here and do some of the audience questions. So, thank you. Calm down, get your seat, we're going to get started in just a second. Snooze, you lose, we're going to get started. Alright, so we're taking uh, questions from the audience. Dan, we're going to start with you. Question one. Our two previous county judges were strong supporters of preserving the county courthouse, the old jail, and other historic venues. Will you promise to continue the support? Well, uh, I don't know if you're asking me about promise to uh, uh, the old courthouse and the old jail to keep those in preservation. I, I, I promise that I'm going to preserve Fayette County uh, in a uh, traditional manner. Uh, the two pro previous judges you're talking about is A.J. Nitschke, who served for 28 years, and Dan Beck, my dear friend, who uh, died suddenly in 15. Both of those very conservative men, both of those county natives who, uh, who ran this county, conserving the tax dollars. So I don't know that I'll emulate everything that Yanichka and Beck did, but I am going to be a fiscal conservative county judge. I'm going to watch spending. I'm going to make sure our citizens here in Fayette County are safe. Thank you. Craig? Our two previous county judges were strong supporters of preserving the county courthouse, the old jail, and other historic venues. Will you promise to continue this support? Absolutely. Our history is what makes us, is what binds us. Uh, this county is surrounded by a lot of historic courthouses. Obviously, the one of the 10 best in the country, uh, which is our main courthouse, but every little town has a courthouse. We have historic post offices in, in uh, Sister and Muldoon area. We've got a lot of things that need to be preserved. I have personally gone and found artifacts and donated them to the, uh, the jail for the Texas History Museum. Second time I've mentioned them tonight, that wasn't in the plans. Uh, but I love that. Uh, and uh, our, our brewery that is at uh, Monument Hill, something that needs to be preserved. Uh, some of those will require uh, county funds, and I think that is well worth it. 
Uh, other things can be done by volunteers and, and building a sense of community, and that is well worth it as well. Uh, our, our history in this county is amazing. It's better than any other place around, uh, and it makes us not only the best place to live in, in Texas, but I think in the United States. Thank you. William, our two previous county judges were strong supporters of preserving the county courthouse, the old jail, and other historic venues. Will you promise to continue the support? Um, our county courthouse is one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of courthouses um, in various counties I've been in. Yes, I would support the preservation of those historical buildings. Um, of course, funding is always an issue, taxes are always an issue, and it's largely up to the commissioner's court, but yes, I would be supportive of continuing that, those projects. Thank you. Question number two, Craig, where do you stand on eminent domain and do you support asset forfeiture? Uh, those are two big topics that 90 seconds are being difficult to, to address. Uh, I'll start with the second first. Uh, asset forfeiture, uh, as a rule, um, has some problems, uh, but when it comes to seizing the, the drugs and seizing the cash and seizing the cars of these people who are uh, running up and down our freeways and putting our, our people at harm, if they are convicted, I think we should seize their assets. If there's no conviction, and definitely if there's no charge, uh, then I don't think that, that we should. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult area, but if, if people are using those cars to traffic people, to traffic sex slaves, to traffic drugs and money, they don't deserve to have those cars anymore. We should take them away. Um, and, and as far as eminent domain, uh, eminent domain, there are very, very, very minor uncommon times that that would be necessary, but as a rule, I'm against them in domain. Uh, I will say as it comes to uh, related for high-speed rail especially, I'm very much against it, uh, and um, that's kind of where I sit on those those two issues. Uh, they're, like I said, too much to address in just 90 seconds, but in general, uh, I'm not in favor of, of both of those things, but in their limited circumstances, I do think there are times and calls for it, particularly when it comes to the uh, cartels running drugs throughout our county. Thank you. William, where do you stand on eminent domain and do you support asset forfeiture? Um, <clears throat> civil asset forfeiture, um, I do not stand for civil asset forfeiture. It, um, even criminals have rights and you can't seize those assets without first uh, having due process. And it happens in this county that assets are seized and and then the people have to go and fight to get them back, and it's a very costly thing to do, and a very difficult thing to do, and you should always default to the rights of the citizens. You gotta remember they're innocent until proven guilty, and so um, you, you can't just take their, their, you know, that system is right for abuse. You can't just take those things without due process. You know, it's not take now and ask questions later. You better ask now and take, and, and, you know, ask now and determine, and then take only if you find that they're use those, you know, that they're the profit of criminals. Um, eminent domain, there's, there's um, very opposed to eminent domain, being a land surveyor, uh, understanding what land is and how important it is to people. And so, you know, I, I'm opposed to eminent domain being used uh, for economic development. And there's only certain cases where I can see it being appropriate. And that's another system that's ripe for abuse. I think there needs to be um, some adjustments made to the laws. And I would, uh, as county judge, um, you know, I would advocate whenever I could to make those <coughs> laws more suitable to the citizens. 
Thank you. Dan, where do you stand on eminent domain, and do you support asset forfeiture? Well, historically, traditionally, Fayette County is tough on crime. And uh, sometimes when you have these situations, asset forfeiture is the only avenue or certainly one of the avenues that is pursued. And largely that decision is made by the county attorney. So I would, uh, I would defer to the county attorney's recommendation as far as asset forfeiture is concerned. Eminent domain, I think we all agree that, uh, you know, that as Lincoln said, property is our best resource. And so eminent domain, uh, nobody wants to see the government come confiscate or pay for their property, but generally speaking, I am opposed to eminent domain. Thank you. Third question from the audience. William, how do the candidates stand on our traditional separation of church and state? Um, church and state, I think the country was founded um, on Christian principles, um, but there is a separation between the two. I think it's important for the people in the government, serving in the government, to hold those principles, and I would want people uh, who were good Christians in government. Um, and um, But the government itself, it can't exercise religion, and so the main thing is to make sure that the people in government have the qualities and have the faith. And then I would feel more comfortable about their ability to uh, Governor wisely. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, how do the candidates stand on our traditional separation of church and state? Well, I thought I heard a lot of ridiculous questions tonight, but that beats it all. I mean, we're running for county judge. Uh, you know, county and, and church, state government and church uh, separation. Uh, you know, I want to see Christian people in county government or all government for that matter. So I don't know the significance of the question. County judge has nothing to do with separation of church and state. Thank you. Craig, how do the candidates stand on our traditional separation of church and state? Uh, I'd like to thank whoever wrote that question. I think it's a very poignant and important question uh, because we start every commissioner's court uh, with the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer. Uh, I think we should continue those methods. The separation of church and state was meant to separate the Church of England from establishing a state church that they force people to go to. But the things that are right and true and good, uh, there's no law against that. There, and that's from the Bible. That's also from the Constitution. I ask that you guys would pray for me as I go forward as county judge. And I do plan to continue the prayer at the beginning of Commissioner's Court because praying for wisdom as we make very difficult decisions is the most important thing we can do. May I interject? I, didn't, I wasn't implying that separation of church and state is not important. I just don't see it as relevant to the county judge's position. All right. Uh, fourth question from the audience. Dan, we're going to start with you. Do you ever see in the future to stop burning coal in our county? Well, do I ever see in the future, like, you know, we can't, I've got a sign in my office that it says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So I don't know what the plan, what the future is going to be as far as stops uh, burning coal in our county. Our, I'll say this, our power plant is important to Fayette County. I remember when we didn't have the power plant, and uh, the power plant has been a tremendous boost to the economy of Fayette County. 
So I, I, I wouldn't know how to answer that question. Thank you. Craig, do you ever see in the future to stop burning coal in, in our county? Uh, well, I do know how to answer that question because Judge Weber and I have met with LCRA and several other people to determine what that could be. Uh, resilience comes from having a diversified fuel service, and uh, the, the plant is capable of burning coal to make electricity, but it also, with some modifications, could take natural gas. This county makes more natural gas per capita than almost any place in Texas. Uh, we've got it going down the easement on my land. They've got natural gas all over the place. Uh, I'm a strong advocate for advancing the, the power plant to have multiple fuel sources so that if the trains coming from Wisconsin full of uh, coal every day are shut off, we still have a way to make electricity. Uh, that's one of the resilient ways that we can move forward and make sure that we have long-term jobs. Uh, and, you know, there are also legal implications. Washington, D.C. could say tomorrow, hey, no more coal. Uh, and I think we do need to have a way to, have, to continue uh, to provide uh, electricity and to provide one of our biggest job makers in this county, which is the LCRA plant. So I could see a time where we don't make um, coal anymore because that could come tomorrow from the state government, from the federal government. Uh, we need to diversify now and we need to look for options to burn natural gas at the LCRA plant. Thank you. William, do you ever see in the future to stop burning coal in our county? Well, the future is a long time from now, and never say never, but um, I'm, I'm not thinking we're going to be doing without coal-fired power plants anytime soon, and I hope that's not the case. It's a very reliable source of energy, and it provides a lot of jobs for the communities. Um, I don't see it as the responsibility of the county judge. I'm not sure how it's relevant, but um, I'm not running from the coal industry. Thank you. Thank you. Question number five from the audience. Uh, Craig, we'll start with you. How do you propose encouraging growth in the county with affordable housing not funded by taxpayers as is the Section 8 project near St. Mark's? Uh, this is addressed on the website and I would hope you guys will go and look at it. Uh, we need 84 homes a year right now that people who are working families can afford. I'm not talking about Section 8 housing, I'm talking about a teacher and a police officer or something of that nature being able to afford a home. I propose a plan that we can start right now by building homes on school campuses, on church campuses, and other nonprofits that our first responders and teachers and people that we really need can live in. Uh, they would live in these homes for three years, and if they treat the home well and do the service that they're needed, they would get their money back and be able to use for a down payment. That's not going to be a total solution for all the problems that we have, but it's a start, and that's something we can start right now. Uh, we don't have to wait. Uh, eventually, we're going to have to have some subdivisions or, or suburb-type neighborhoods on the outskirts of our of our cities. I, I, you know, we don't necessarily need them in the middle of a, a forest or somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, uh, but we do need some more homes that people can afford, and uh, we need to make way to do that. We need to ease regulations to do that, uh, but the primary thing we need to do is provide the infrastructure for that. They need sewer, they need water, they need electricity, they need broadband internet, uh, and there are both federal and uh, private dollars available that will help us uh, with all that. Some of them will require a cost match, but I think that cost match is worth it. Thank you. William, how do you propose encouraging growth in the county with affordable housing not funded by taxpayers, as is the Section 8 project near St. Mark's? Um, well, this is another one of those things that really is not within the, the jurisdiction of the government. And I'd have to say, as county judge, I'd support pretty much anything that the community wants to do. Um, first thing to encourage growth is just going to be, again, to remove the limitations and the regula regulations and then to make um, 
make the, those who would come here feel welcome. That in and of, that of itself is, is quite a bit. Um, my primary concern with government, uh, when this matter is how the government, it, um, how the government acts and how it uh, relates to the people. And I'm more concerned with what the government is doing than what the private citizens are doing. And so there's a lot of people that are very qualified to answer those questions, and it's going to take a lot of conversations to, to, to arrive at that. And it's not something that you can answer in a short amount of second response here this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, how do you propose encouraging growth in the county with affordable housing not funded by the taxpayers, as is the Section 8 project near St. Mark's? Well, uh, as we discussed earlier, uh, the best thing we could do is bring in high-paying jobs uh, so that the young people can come back here to the county. Uh, so keeping the tax low, watching our spending, and try to get in some good, high-paying jobs uh, that would uh, then reflect people being able to move back here to the county and be able to purchase a home. We want the people to come back. We want the county to grow, but we want growth in a, uh, a way of cons uh, conserving the county, the county beauty, as well as, as our protection, as our protection. Thank you. Question number six from the audience. William, what are your thoughts on the division of property that is currently occurring in Fayette County, and how would you address this issue as a county judge? My thoughts on the division of property in the county? Um, it's the rights of the citizens to divide property, certainly. Um, as county judge, I'm more concerned with the process and making sure that it's simple, uh, easy to understand. Um, that, uh, and, and again, um, I would not want to limit the rights of the citizens to divide and develop their property. Now, they're, they're, the county has very little control over certain things. You know, they can control minimum lot size and lot frontage, and some people would use those as a tool to restrict growth. And as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that the county really needs to do is make sure that the lots are big enough to accommodate the, the water, the water that's available, the septic systems. And, and then I would generally allow them to do whatever it is, the, the citizens, whatever it is they would like to do. And I would make sure that that process is very simple and easy for them to follow. Thank you. Dan, what are your thoughts on the division of property that is currently occurring in Bay County? And how would you address this as county judge? Well, it's going to continue because people want to move here. But I think we've got a good plan in place. I say we. The county, the, the county judge, the commissioners, and I mentioned the young man before, Clint Sternoddle, he, uh, he oversees this. There's restriction, common sense restrictions. You, before you drill a water well, you have to be 50 feet away from the neighboring property. You have to have a certain amount of acreage for septic, as Mr. Burnson was just talking about. So uh, the bottom line is that uh, the county, it will continue to grow, and I'm in favor of restrictions so that our property don't, doesn't devalue when the neighbor moves in and uh, perhaps has something that uh, would tear down the, the uh, area as far as the value of our property is concerned. So I'm, I'm for uh, people to divide their property, for people to purchase 20 acres rather than 100 acres, but as long as they follow the strict restrictions uh, 
uh, if you will, that are in place. Thank you. Craig, what are your thoughts on the division of property that is currently occurring in Fayette County, and how would you address this issue as a county judge? Yeah, well, Cliff Sternall, who's been mentioned twice, his office is just to the left of mine, Judge Weber's is just to the right. Uh, there's not a day that goes by we don't talk about subdivisions and, and all those things. It's a hot topic in this county. Uh, I will kind of reference what my answer was earlier to what the role of government is, and that's to be selfless in these decisions. As we're looking at these subdivisions and these breakups and these things that are going on, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing what is best for the community? Are we doing what is best for uh, the people who are going to be affected? If that answer is yes, then I think we should probably allow that. If the infrastructure can keep up, if we have the, the water and wastewater uh, available, uh, there are some times when that answer is no. Uh, our septic systems in this county are 97% capacity. And if uh, one of these places are gonna tie in with our septic systems, we need to do some things before we do that. If they're on a, if they're on a, um, a well and if they're on their own uh, septic system that's independent of the, the city or the county, then that's a different story. But make selfless decisions, not decisions that are based on finance and greed. And I think we will be able to subdivide and get people to uh, have their home as they wish and keep it for generations to come. Thank you. Last question. Start with Dan. What is the backup plan in case water wells freeze up again? Well, I guess I'd pray to God that the weather breaks. <laughs> well, uh, the treasurer of my campaign is Gene Krupa, a dear friend, and he probably knows more about water than anybody else here in Fayette County. He's uh, at one time was very prominent in starting the water district, which I am in agreement with. with uh, it served us well. So uh, if the water wells freeze up, that's a hell of a question. Uh, I guess we're going to have to come up with a plan to unfreeze the water wells. Thank you. Craig, what is your black backup plan in case the water wells freeze up? Well, it'll be very similar to what it was when it froze up the first time. I personally went to Houston and got a whole bunch of supplies and parts that were needed to get some of these things going again, uh, and it was it was difficult to do so. We had to find a, a facility that was able to open when they weren't normally open and, and sell us these things and get the things going. Uh, to make our water wells more resilient, I have suggested both high-tech and low-tech ways to do so. Uh, we're working on getting backup generators uh, for most of the wells, and for the wells that can't afford a generator, we're trying to get a hookup where we can bring in a generator to go. Uh, Low-tech solutions involve something as simple that our grandparents use, and that's a wood-burning stove. If we'd had some wood-burning stoves, as simple as that sounds, at some of our water wells, oh, we would not have had eight days without water, we wouldn't have had a nursing home that didn't have the water they needed to flush their toilets. Uh, it was a catastrophe, um, and and if it, if it does happen again, if, you know, it's 20 below zero or something else crazy like uh, we didn't think the last thing could happen, if we have another one of those things, we will partner with our local businesses and give water out and hand deliver it and do the things it takes to keep our people alive and keep them with the things that they need, just like we did last time. Thank you. William, what is the backup plan in case water wells freeze up um, well, the best backup plan would be uh, a good preparedness plan, uh, plan, and I know they are discussing backup generators for um, the water wells. You know, they, they lost their power, and then the wells, the water wells froze, and they couldn't unfreeze them. I would imagine it's pretty hard to unfreeze a water well in the middle of a freeze like that. So, 
I know there, the county's already in discussions uh, with the water co uh, the co-op, and the co-op came to the county commissioner's court asking for help and, and guidance, and they're trying to get backup generators. They've considered using some grant funding, and I would be in support of that. I, I can't remember if there was a county match involved, but that is one area where I, where I could see that it would be wise for the county to help out so that that didn't happen again in the future. And again, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of really good ideas, and I don't have to have all the answers. It's my job to hear from the citizens, listen to the citizens, seek that wise counsel, and then let the citizens make those decisions in large degree. And as county judge, I will do anything I can to facilitate that. Thank you. Thank you. Next section is closing remarks. These are two minutes. We're going to go in ballot order. William, you're first. Thank you. Liberty matters, the law matters, and you matter. I believe I speak for the silent majority that has um, been keeping their heads down and working really hard. Um, they have been intimidated, browbeaten, and coerced. No one should lose their job. No businesses should be closed. Um, we are all essential. The citizens know what is best and are capable of making wise decisions without government interference. Any organization takes on the characteristics of its leader. Now more than ever, we need a principled, passionate, unwavering leader with fresh and innovative ideas um, and who will fight to preserve the rights and liberties that made this country great. We must defend against tyranny from the White House to the State House to the Courthouse. Um, here I am. And with liberty properly secured, then we can turn our attention and focus on the future of Fayette County. And I look forward to all the conversations I'm going to be having with all the citizens and the elected leaders and the county employees as we work together to make that future bright. I want to thank my wife and my children for their continued dedication and support. I know she's back there somewhere now. Thank you for coming tonight. I'm really glad to see you. Uh, without them, I couldn't do this, and it's because of them that I do it. I want to thank the club for hosting the event, and I want to thank the party for putting on all these forums. It's been very fun. Uh, and I want to thank everyone for being here. This is an outstanding crowd. I am thrilled at the, the, the interest in local government, and I'm thrilled at the interest in this race, and I'm thrilled with all the participation that I'm seeing in this audience. Uh, please visit my website at williamforliberty.com for a detailed resume and contact information. I'd be happy to meet with any of you, um, and I ask for your support and your vote in the upcoming primary. Thank you, and God bless. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, I was a little disappointed in these questions. Uh, a lot of these questions has nothing to do with the county judge's position. Uh, I'm running for this office because I believe in this county, born and raised here. I'm concerned about Houston coming in to this county in several matters. One of those is crime. Uh, the city of Houston, I think, is either first or second in murders this year. Crime could possibly be coming into our county. We've been fortunate to have strong law enforcement here 
want to recognize once again my good friend, Councilman Roger Wonderly, who serves Precinct 3. Check that, too. Uh, in 1983, Judge Dan Beck called me to his office. He said he wanted to start the Crime Stoppers Club here in Fayette County. So Judge Beck and I sat down and we picked out five individuals from across the county. One of those is my good friend Terry Hefner, her dad, Otto Steinhauser, Jack Clazel, uh, Ray Elliott, John Sufer from the Fayetteville area. We started Crime Stoppers. We're still in existence. There was a recent crime, I say recent, within the last six months, a major crime that I'm not at liberty to talk about because it will be going on trial but without Crime Stoppers, that, that case would never, I'm not going to say never would have been solved, but it was solved purely because of Crime Stoppers. I'm proud of my affiliation with Crime Stoppers. I'm proud of my 28 years as Justice of the Peace. I'm proud of my 45 years with KDLG Radio. And I look forward to being your next county judge, and I'd be honored to do so. Great. I'm a candidate that is competent, trained, prepared, and vetted for the role of county judge. I'm unrattled when difficult times occur, I'm compassionate to those in need, and I will rule fairly and impartially in judicial matters. I have integrity and no conflicts of interest. This job is earned, it is not given. I hope that I have earned your vote with my service to this county and to my vision to preserve what made this county special. This is still a place where neighbors take care of neighbors, and I want to keep it that way. We have to keep our taxes low. We have to support our first responders, our police, our fire, our EMS, our dispatchers. And we have to go on about the business of living as we've wanted to live for generations before and generations to come. I have three daughters, and the only selfish ambition I have in this race is to make this place the amazing mecca that it is for my daughters and granddaughters and great-granddaughters uh, as they come. Uh, and I would be very, very honored if I could have your vote for Fay County Judge. I'd be very honored if I could have your input on what's needed for this county. Uh, the, the wisdom of the, this room, the wisdom of this county is what's driven this county forward. Uh, and with that wisdom comes the faith and the prayers uh, of our amazing citizens. Thank you so much, and I would be very glad to have your vote for Fayette County Judge. Okay, great job, candidates. And again, thank you all for showing up. Thank you all for having the interest and uh, willingness to educate yourself on these candidates in order to make an informed decision on March 1st. So thank you again. Uh, you're welcome to stay and order dinner if you want or visit with the candidates as long as they want to hang around. So thank you again for coming. Good night.